welcome to the Creative Marketing Show with your host, Rosh Sillers. Welcome everyone to the Creative Marketing Show. My name is Rosh. It is good to have everyone here. For those of you who are watching live as well as on the replay or listening to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or any of your favorite podcasting locations. Today we're talking about the process of growing your creative business. And as many of you know who have listened to this show or watched the show, we, we believe in a process um, or, or a combination of 7531, and three is process. And understanding uh, your processes and the process of growing your business. And I think it's really important to have this down. I want to share a story with you. I, um, I was uh, assigned many years ago, and, and you may have heard the story a couple times I've shared it, um, and maybe actually relatively recently, but I do think it's um, appropriate here, where I was assigned to photograph on a boat, a very large boat with a bunch of millionaires on it, and this was some years ago, and what they had to do there was, first of all, have a good time, and on this very large, really, yacht, they were eating and drinking and enjoying themselves until they could take their turn uh, racing these very large, cool America's Cup racing uh, sailboats. And so they, they were waiting their time, and, and I was photographing them and photographing them racing, and there were some very famous sailors that were along with them. And you know so that, that was the cool thing. It's like pretty much everybody on the boat could afford their own sailboat or yacht, but it was the, the opportunity to race with these very famous sailors that was the big draw. And in between, I had the opportunity, time, opportunity and time to just hang out and talk with them and you know, I, I listened to what they did, and and there seemed to be a theme that was developing through all of their conversations, and really how they made their money. They're pretty open, very candid, especially, you know, being hours upon hour on these boats. And I, I talked to some folks who had hair salons and some folks who had manufacturing businesses and some were in finance all across the board. And eventually this gentleman by the name of John, you know, started talking with me and he said, you know, have you noticed any themes related to all these folks? And he said, you know, we, we just got done talking about what he does and what he was, what he would do is he would find a company, a small company somewhere that was really inefficient and he would buy it. He saw a profit opportunity and he would revamp the whole company and you know improve it make it more efficient and update stuff and then resell the company and he would do this over and over again and making more and more money and he said have you noticed that's what everybody else on this boat's doing too they're taking something making it really efficient and either they resell or they expand and he said your business is no different you know, photography or whatever business you find yourself in. It's you, you, you find something, get the process down, make it efficient. 
And we're going to talk about those processes, but make it efficient and then replicate it and do it over and over again, better and better again. The process of finding a client all the way through the process of them saying goodbye or thank you or following up so they become a client again. Whatever that process is, refine it. Never stop the process of refining and improving what you do. And that includes how you contact people, how you follow up with people, understanding the information you need, whether you're selling a service, your service, or maybe it's a product. It could be a painting. It doesn't matter. Understanding the information you need from that person or who is that person. We've talked about personas many times before. Understanding and continuously refining the process and understanding of your business. And one thing that I think a lot of times we don't do is understand when the process is complete. When is that person not a client anymore? When is that person not a prospect anymore? How often have you been dragged out and wasting your energy with something that's not going to happen? So when you have these processes, you can also understand when the processes end. When, when is completion? Not only that, understanding when the client is done and by asking what are their expectations, you can understand that the end of your process will actually meet their expectations. That's powerful stuff. That's stuff that most people don't do, whether you're an independent freelancer or you own a small company with 10, 15 people, 20 people, 100 people, is understanding your processes and asking good questions. Asking questions of the prospect and then asking how you can do it better next time, whether you ask yourself, whether you ask yourself or you ask that client. Some people do surveys. I think that's important. Understanding do your processes align with the customer expectations and understand when your process is complete. And I think a lot of times all these processes that relate to clients, 90% of it is communication. 90% of it is just asking the questions, following up. That's, that really is it. Because if you have a process of good communication with the people that have hired you and trusted you to do the job that they have asked you to do, if you keep them in the loop, even if you're running late, sometimes it happens. You can have the most efficient process down. However, you may find yourself in a bad position. Well, that position won't be so bad if you communicate the fact. Rather than hiding, I know maybe you've dealt with this. Somebody who just doesn't call you back. Somebody doesn't email you back. Because in their mind, they are thinking, oh, well, I'll, I, I'll contact them when I have it complete. But since they haven't communicated with you, there's, you know, there's, nothing, there's nothing to help them move forward. And next thing you know, it's three months. And nothing has happened. When, when there could have been communication, maybe three months ago, 
saying, it's going to take me another week and this is what I need from you and this is, or this is what I have to get done first or whatever it may be. So it may have been a week late, but there is an opportunity to salvage the relationship versus it going three months and not, not working at all. I find that, you know, absolutely an amazing thing. So understanding those processes. One of the processes that I think a lot of us need to go through quite a bit is dealing with the combination, the combination code process of understanding what we can do to continuously educate ourselves and improve who we are and what we do. For those of you who are not aware, the combination code is combining something new with your core. What is your core? Well, it's your core talent, your core business, your service or product, whatever it may be. But combining design or technology um, or a process, or there are many things you can combine with it to separate yourself from the competition. And are you regularly going through that process to continuously improve? We just talked about processes of your every day, and you have processes of the day, or the week, and the month, but what is your process to continuously be better? Continuously be better than the competition. We often talk about competition being irrelevant. Uh, hey, Shay, it's great to have you here. Um, we often tell, you know, I, I say that competition is irrelevant, but it is important to make note of what is going on so you can at least improve upon where you are and at least have milestones but you can't continuously just worry about what other people are doing especially in the creative fields that's for sure um, but I, I think you know use them as inspiration but if you're continuously following what other people are doing you're not leading and you need to be leading. And so continuously educating yourself and going through that combination process to improve what you're doing is certainly gonna help you do that. All right, so that, that's really where I wanted to go with this. I really wanted to go through those steps. I want you to understand, you know, go, go Shay, you'll have to go to the beginning to, to go through the, the processes that I was talking about and the millionaires on a boat story, but I think it's all uh, very important for us to continuously reflect and be mindful of what it is that we're doing on a daily basis to improve what we do. Because as I said, communication can be a big part of winning or losing in any business that you find yourself in. So hey, I, I, my results of uh, the VSL um, video suggestion ladder that that was last week. Those of you who are listening to the podcast last week, my apologies for cutting you out on that. Uh, but the video is up; it's going; it's live, and um, I've gotten some feedback. Uh, not as much as I had hoped, but I did get some feedback from some pretty big uh, YouTuber folks that I th thought um, you know were you know, had some positive things to say and, you know, thought that, okay, you got something here. You know, I think, I think what needs to happen though is more people need to do it and go through the process. I mean, if you just look at my, uh, my videos, the visual, visual, excuse me, video suggestion ladder basically says, take your top best videos and you put them in a playlist of two and you have a series of them and you use kind of like a pitcher catcher scenario where your top videos are you know sending viewers to your best your new videos and then 
not just your newest, you can go down the line and keep those videos active for weeks at a time where maybe many of them would have died and not gotten the uh, data needed to get them where they need to be to be continuously suggested in the YouTube search algorithm. So I have a video on that. I also have a 3,000 plus 3,500 word post over at the thetubeblog.com. If you're interested in that, if, if YouTube is of great interest to you, then definitely um, take a look. I, I see you have something, Harley. Let me get to that in a sec. Um, and so anyway, oh yeah, this is a good time. Okay, so Harley says, I got the ladder set up, but with my current release schedule, it will take a couple months to see if there's any impact with the ladder. Yeah, you know, that that is true and it depends, but I would assume, Harley, you have a couple videos that are driving a certain number of views every day. So you should see something uh, from even that first video, even if it's a 10% increase. You know, it just depends. Everyone's different depending on, you know, for me, when I set it up, you know, honestly, I, I launch a video and I'm going to start off until something hits into the search. I mean, as we know, there are many different types of videos and some videos you, you're kind of waiting for the search and letting search find you and that can take months. So when I first release something, 10, 17, 18 views, and then over time it'll build, especially if it catches on in search. But now that I'm doing this, you, if you look at my videos, they're 50, 60 views. Uh, versus the 15, 17. And, and so that's, uh, yeah, you should see a bump in the very first video. And that's nice. But the key thing is, especially for those of us whose videos kind of die over time or, or don't get, sometimes some of the videos didn't, don't get hooked up in search, they will, uh, they'll continue to drive some, some views weeks down the road and maybe speed up that cycle of getting higher in search or speed up that cycle of being suggested in the right video at the right time. And I am noticing that my videos are being suggested in more places. Um, but I'm really down to this point of, you know, the, the algorithm is still pretty dumb. And in using playlists to tell the algorithm what goes with what, if nothing else, that your videos go with your videos and yours should be the best ones to suggest. Now, if it has a, if it's a horrible result, it won't it won't continue, but um, the process, but I, I found great results. So if you look, if you go through mine, then you see, you know, 50, 50 or, you know, higher numbers and then 15. Well, that's because that 15 was not put into the suggestion ladder. So it, it, those were some I had, you know, controls on that and to keep testing it. I'll keep trying new things and seeing what I can do, but I'm not going to uh, get too much further in this unless anybody has a specific question about it. Um, it very well could be something that could be a regular question for people as more and more people try it and see that there's some value. And I'm sure there's some things related to it that I haven't even figured out yet. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the discussion. But I do have some questions. Um, feel free to put questions in there. But I do have some questions related to our topic today, <clears throat> related to the, uh, the process of growing your creative business. Uh, and the three questions that I have set up uh, from earlier is, uh, one, how do you get people to pay? <laughs> that's one of my favorite. That's, no, that's a good one. Um, so I, I actually gave a, a, a talk with a few other ASMP members today down at uh, the Center, uh, College for Creative Studies uh, in Detroit, which is an art school. And, and that, that was a big conversation today. And you know, for anyone, and I think there are a few ways you can go about it. One, that, that conversation, 
ahead of time is really important. Remember, in these processes, you need to have these processes of asking questions. Part of your process is asking questions. When do you pay? See, in the creative fields, specifically, um, in the advertising fields, some of these big, especially the manufacturing companies, won't pay you for six months. That's the thing. But if you don't know that going in, you've got a problem. And a lot of times, you, especially for some big production stuff, you have to float that money, which isn't right. Sometimes they will give you money ahead of time. But uh, we got story upon story, and we shared lots of stories during, during our, our time. Uh, and, and the thing is, if you ask the questions, what is your standard pay? So in other words, is it net 30 do you pay, or do you pay in 30 days, 60 days? What is it? At least you can plan. And then also always ask, what is all the paperwork that you need? You know, what forms do you need? Do you have any special forms? Because what will often happen is that, you know, you'll wait your 30 days, assuming people are going to pay 30 days, then you follow up and call them and say, hey, you know, where's the money? And, I was, and they'll say, oh, we haven't gotten your paperwork yet. What paperwork? Oh, nobody gave it to you? And then it becomes, you know, it's always this delay thing. Another thing you can do is ha use admin fees, uh, meaning you can say, look, if you pay within 30 days, you're going to save this amount of money. And maybe you make it, it's kind of like the net 30 scenario where you give them a discount if they pay within a certain period of time, they take this amount off. So you could say there's a $100 admin fee. You don't have to pay it if you pay us within 30 days. Otherwise, we have to look at it as you, we have to hunt you down <laughs> to get the money. So you can, but especially when you're dealing with large companies, net, you know, 30, like 3% or 2%, meaning they have to, they quite often will do that because the value is, um, is great to them on a scale. If they, they take that 2% off everybody's bill who offers it, then they make the money that they, they do. So that, that it just depends on the company. Um, the, the admin fee can work very well also. So uh, those are some of the things that I we, we talk about when it comes to creative, uh, just really any business trying to get paid. Sometimes you just need to get it up front. You need to have the conversations. You need to have a plan and understand. And I think a lot of times when it comes to getting paid, we just kind of put our head in the sand and assume things. And I think assuming things is quite often the way we find ourselves in the, in the position we don't want to be in. All right, uh, the next question is, uh, what is too much follow-up? And, and that's, I think, a good question. A lot of times people are like, you know, I just don't want to beat people over the head. I think one of the best things do, you know, again, talking about the conversation, asking people, how often should I follow up? Or say, look, I'm going to follow up with you in a week. So letting them know when you're going to follow up with them. Oh, I'll follow up with you tomorrow. And then, of course, you have to do that follow-up. Or I'll follow up with you within 72 hours. That gives you a little room. I used to say, hey, I'll follow up with you tomorrow morning. I never say that anymore. <laughs> I say that I'll follow up with you tomorrow. Because tomorrow morning seems to go by so fast that now it's 2 o'clock and now I've lied to them. Even if I follow up that same day, I've now told them that I was following up with them in the morning and I didn't. But I, I say, I, I, I'll follow up with you tomorrow. That gives me that whole day to make sure I follow up with everybody I would say that with. But if you say, hey, I'm going to follow up with you in three days, and they say, no, 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 you know, that's a little soon, whether maybe it's based on a prospect or something like that, at least now you have the information. Oh, when would you like me to follow up? 
oh, we would like you to follow up in, you know, three months. How, how about two? <laughs> or, you know, is there something you're waiting for specific? You know, do that. But, you know, I will often say, especially when it's a situation where we had talked about earlier, understanding when the process is complete, when somebody is no longer going to be a prospect because they're waiting, wasting your time. If you have somebody in, in the prospecting stage that say, oh, can you call me back in, in three weeks? And you call them, oh, can you call me back in three weeks? And say, I will follow up one more time. But if you're not ready, you know, you'll, you'll have to call me. You know, and you would be very polite about it, but that ends the cycle. And sometimes the best thing you can do to grow your company is end that cycle because now you're not wasting your time with people who are wasting your time. <laughs> I think that's a good way to look at it. All right, uh, last question, something we've been familiar with. Um, uh, a few people are asking, what is a persona? And a persona is something that we use in the marketing side of things. Uh, to figure out who is our target audience. And I often like to talk about it like this. When I was in sales, um, we're all in sales and we're always all in sales, but you ever have that uh, person in a room or walk through the door and like, I'm selling to that person. They're going to buy my product. They're going to buy my, you just know it. You know exactly who they are because you just know there's a connection there. Well, businesses have personas of people who are their ultimate customer. And sometimes they give them names. They'll say, it's, it's Joe and he works, you know, nine to five at this corporate job and he does this on the weekends, has 2.3 kids and, you know, whatever it may be. And, and so you, can, you have a persona of the person who's most likely going to buy or want or desire or has the problem that your product or service uh, solves. You know, so that, that is the persona. And understanding some of that can help you in your marketing to target those people. Now that you've kind of built this, their life, given them a name, what, what do they do nine to five? What do they do on their weekends? What do they have for lunch? When you really know them, you can then, you can then sell to them a little bit easier because you know what it is they're looking for. Where are they? Do they hang out on Instagram? Do they hang out on LinkedIn? I mean, these little things are very helpful. And you can have different personas, say, for different products, different services that you offer. Uh, even different salespeople, I've found, could have just that different persona that they uh, connect with. And so you start to recognize, oh, this person would be perfect for this salesperson, if you have multiple salespeople, that is. You know? So obviously, different types of businesses have different scenarios. But understanding the concept of the persona can really be beneficial. Okay, that, that's the, um, that is what I have on that front. Any more questions, feel free to put them in the chat as well as those of you who are live. Uh, I have one last thing that I thought was interesting and that was from Google. Uh, and now I guess the Google is an article that I had read and maybe you've heard something about this, how Google podcasts are automatically trans, trans excuse me, transcribing the dialogue uh, you and, and also using the metadata. And I guess basically what's saying it's helping them rank and they may be ranking podcasts, specifically ranking uh, where I'm not sure maybe that's in the, uh, the play system, Google Play system. I haven't gotten all the details on that, but it sound, sounds interesting that they're doing that. That's a lot of data, quite honestly. Uh, but however, I think that uh, it could be interesting. It could be something to consider search if you have a podcast and you're not putting in the Google 
a play system, maybe that's something you might want to do. It might have some value down the road as uh, this develops. So that's it. Hey, no April Fools today. Not doing it. <laughs> Not doing it. I've seen so much stuff out there. I did do it a few years ago. I had a great article that went 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 pretty far that I had written on April Fools about uh, the new government regulations on photography. I thought it was yeah, it was pretty good. It's still out there. Um, it's actually still ranks, I guess, number one or two for the question. <laughs> it's an April Fools joke. I feel bad. All right. Thank you all for being here. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Please share where you can, let other people know. And those of you who are interested in more business and marketing ideas, you can always catch me, my videos uh, regularly at uh, rosh.video. We'll take you there. And those of you, of course, the Business of Photography channel here, I appreciate you being here and visiting. We'll talk to you next time, next Monday, 4 o'clock, 4.10 Eastern, going a little bit afterwards just to give people time to get here. So... 410. You have a great day.